Welcome, everyone. I want to take this episode to shed some light on an important Star Wars topic. At the Video Game Awards this week, Lucasfilm Games announced Star Wars Eclipse, set during the High Republic era, the most accepting and diverse era in Star Wars we've seen to date. Unfortunately, Lucasfilm Games is working with the developer Quantic Dream, an organization with a public history of homophobic, sexist, and extremely toxic leadership. So, in light of that and the social media campaign to confront and put an end to this blatantly horrifying and discriminatory decision to allow this company to make this game, I'm sharing this episode from my friends at Pink Milk. Please listen as they discuss the facts and allegations, what this decision means, and how it's impacting the fans and creators in the queer community. Brian Ammon Chase do a great job of outlining the issues surrounding the leadership in this company. If you'd like to know more, I encourage you to research Quantic Dream. There is a lot of information readily available. None of this is a secret. I also encourage you to join us in pushing back and fighting homophobia and discrimination in Star Wars by using the hashtag BlackoutStarWarsEclipse on social media. So stay tuned for this important discussion from Pink Milk as well as a call to action. And listen, if we can work together we can finally take steps towards making Star Wars truly for everyone. Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late-night live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. Especially tonight, we're getting really, really gay up in here. I am your host, Brian. With me, as always, are two of my better hosts... That's Spaghetti Jar Loving Queen, Emma. Hi. And we're telling Quantum Dreams. Bye, bitch. <laughs> With Chase. <laughs> Hello. Are we ready, everyone? Are we ready? Oh, we're yeah, ready. let's do it. Let's do it. Drink. Oh, my God. I almost did it again. Drink up. Drink up. <laughs> Um, it's going to be uh, a, a night. Uh, thank you, Hope, real quick for everyone in the Steam Room and anyone listening back to this later. Hey, Steam Room, tonight's discussion about homophobia might be triggering for some people. If this talk isn't for you, no hard feelings. Feel, feel free to skip this episode. Take care yes. of yourself. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Self-care. Very 100%. important. Uh, we're going to have a very frank, very honest, very open discussion about all of this and um and by this we mean star wars eclipse and what quantum dreams right quantic dreams whatever the name of this jerk quantic dreams yeah thank you (laughs) i'm trying i'm trying to erase it from my memory i heard about them yesterday and i'm trying to get them out right away (laughs) understandably so yes um and before any of this really gets going before we even do our how was our weeks i also actually we are all talking about this we want to make sure that our opinions are our opinions, and this is how we will choose to handle all these things. If you are a queer person or anyone else who feels differently, treat those who might think differently than you with respect, just like we will treat you with respect about how you view, view about all these things. Um, you, well, I'll be reading you some of our 
tweets. Don't act like these fools because uh, that's not how you treat it respectfully. But we are not here to tell anyone how to respond to this or right. how to support or not support anything. This is our feelings, the three of us right here this evening and anyone who may or may not agree with us in this team room. Sound yeah. good? Yeah. Let's awesome. get that out of the way. <laughs> All right, you. Emma, how was your evening before last night? <laughs> uh this week i don't know i've been pretty low energy i haven't been feeling great i don't know what's going on with that maybe i'm just getting old i am getting up there but <laughs> but um although we had a big triumph with silas he is doing really well at learning how to use the bathroom Ooh. like a grown-up so he he hit a big milestone at school he spontaneously asked to go pee which he's never done so. That's awesome. He was able Incredible. to recognize that that's what he needed to do and ask mm. for help in going to the bathroom. So yeah. this is oh. huge. This is huge because he's never been physically able to do that before. So congrats. Awesome. He's growing. That has to bring warm feelings to your heart. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and also um, in Madonna Land, we got a remix of Frozen. Oh, yes. yes. And Paper Magazine did an interview with Lola. That was oh. wonderful, very entertaining. And she is uh, an incredible creature. <laughs> I need to go listen to this here Frozen thing. Also, the extended mix for Kylie for disco is everything. What I wanted <laughs> the album to be. And I loved the album. But like listening to the extended mix that came out today, I was like, mm. This is what I, this was it. This is it. And it's all its glory. I have missed all of this today. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm there's a been a lot gay. going on on the internet. So especially <laughs> for people. So that would make sense. That's, uh, true that, true that, true that. True, and I did. So uh, Chase, how was your week? It was good. It was very busy uh, until I got boosted. And then I literally had no choice but to just sit and sleep. Because that thing knocked me out. Oh my god! But I'm very happy I got it. Yeah. So yeah. But when did you do yours? On Tuesday, okay. Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't remember. Tuesday, I think. It's been a week. I don't know. <laughs> been a week. It's been yeah. a long week. Yeah. Or maybe it was. Yeah, it's not yesterday. The day before. I don't know. This whole week's been a fever dream, and it's been compounded by the fact that we've had the 48 hours that we've had. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, the booster. Oh my god! I got mine a while ago. Uh, and it knocked me out for a few days. Tom has been sick for four days because of it. And this yeah. week, I am old, people. I, know, I mean, I know I look like I'm about 22 here if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, but really, I'm 42. And uh, I was out Friday night. Well, Friday night, we have our show, right? Mm -hmm. Then Saturday, I had a Christmas tree lighting party that we went to. And uh, a big shindig here in our neighborhood. Then Sunday, we had a park tour, so we had to, like, represent our park and dish out popcorn and give drive-bys and all of those things. <laughs> then Monday, I had a meeting. I was out late. Then Tuesday, I had a uh, Christmas uh, uh, musical part one. Tuesday, Christmas musical part two. Or Wednesday, Christmas musical part two. Thursday was Thursday. That was last night. Now here I'm here. I am so tired. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm good. <laughs> Once a week, I can stay up late. <laughs> yep. Once a week. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. I'm glad everyone's boosted. We're ready to go. And um, everyone else do the same thing when you can. 
if you can. I think it's great. Hell yeah. Boom. All right. Um, I don't really want to talk about this, but it's important to talk about this. So uh, what do we say? What do we say? Are we ready to get into some of this conversation here on Star Wars Eclipse and all of the surroundingness around it? I'm very excited to talk about this. Mm. Yeah, very I'm good. down. Okay. I'm down. Uh, Steam Queens in the chat tonight. Oh, Danny, I'm glad you made it. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Danny. I was literally just good talking morning, to him before Danny. we started about I get up at 4.30 every day. I've been up since 4.30 today, so... I know it's 4.30 for you right now, so good morning. (laughs) Um, Emma and Chase, do y'all want to give us a quick bullet point uh, 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 shindig of the the history of this here little video game developer people? Yeah. All right. Also, real quick, if you haven't listened to Pink Milk before or not After Dark, whatever, I don't know anything about video games. So, like, forgive me for my (laughs) lack of knowledge of anything when it comes to video games. I bought uh, Fallen Order five months ago. Brian Higa here in our Steam room right now is lovely, works in video games. I promised I was going to play Fallen Order. It's never once been into the PlayStation. <laughs> That's my knowledge of video games. So, all right, Emma Chase, what have we got going on? What, what what's the one on one? So yesterday, um, I believe it was at the video game. Was it the video game news awards? Yes. Um, there there was premiered a trailer for a new star wars video game that's going to take place in the high republic era which is very hot because everyone's excited about all the content that's coming out the books and the comics and all the insight that we're getting into the world of star wars you know with this era that took place like a few hundred years before the birth of anakin skywalker People were into it. It looked pretty cool. And then at the end, we found out that the studio that was developing the game is Quantic Dreams, which has a checkered past and um, in several different areas. So they've been involved in a couple of labor disputes. There was one particular that went through the legal system, and the case was found to be in Quantic Dreams' favor. there were people complaining that there was a hostile work environment and that they were subject to homophobic and misogynistic remarks, especially by the CEO who is David Cage. Um, So, you know, these remarks were entered into evidence, um, but the case was decided in favor of Quantic Dreams. However, interestingly, in the documents that they submitted as part of their defense, there was evidence that they had actually behaved improperly in other areas, just not the ones that they were being accused of during this particular case. So it's kind of like, hmm, when even the evidence that you're trying to exonerate yourself with shows that you're a dick, like maybe you're just a dick. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> then, so aside from, and then there's also like, there, there was another labor dispute that they were involved with their union, which also is not, it's I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how that came down. I didn't have a lot of, I haven't had a lot of time to research it. I don't know if Chase, you have anything on that. But I mean, in general, it's always a red flag when there's that level of conflict between the leadership and a company and its workforce. Yeah. That, you know, that it mines for its fortunes. A hundred percent. And I think that's something that we're gonna keep coming back to because like obviously you know, there's a lot of nuance to life and a lot of times Twitter and internet things can take 
take, can sometimes take nuance out of situations. But like you said, the amount of conflict and what the conflict is about and the consistency of it and them trying to exonerate themselves with certain evidence that actually incriminates themselves more with regards <laughs> to how they treat their employees because of who they are. Um, it like I don't personally I will say it is my belief that I don't need any more proof like it's Same. pretty clear um yeah one of the articles that I was reading it it apparently in in a case where they were trying to deny social fraud Quantic Dream reportedly proudly displayed documents regarding an employee's dismissal that were supposed to show the company in a good light but instead the do- documents ended up revealing irregularities dis- involving the dismissal. And then on top of that, at some point in the trial, dozens of letters of dismissal were shown in court and all of them were identical, entirely copy and pasted, of which only the name of the employee changed. Um, and every single one had the same mention of differences of opinion with the management, um, including the case of self-dismissal. So I think... reason to fire somebody. No. No, it's not. Especially when, the, especially when the difference of opinion is I'm gay and I like being gay, and the difference of opinion is I hate gay people. <laughs> oh boy, I'm already sweating, you guys. That's why I'm drinking water tonight. <laughs> I'm so, not. Now, so having uh, Chase, did you have anything else to add about the alleged hostile work environment and the opinions and remarks of the leadership? Yeah, I will say, um, I mean, I'll just say it's it's worth looking into. It's not hard to look into. There's a lot of like other specific tidbits that we we could go into, but I, I personally am more interested in like us talking about ourselves as queer people mm-hmm. and how we process this and heal from it. But, you know, there are, are many stories about, you know, really inappropriate photoshops, massively shared um, across the company. And this behavior started in 2013 and cases have been made as late as 2017. This is nothing new. Lucasfilm, sorry, at Lucasfilm. <laughs> but like, this is like, this is stuff that is, you cannot excuse away with it happened a long time ago. And you can't excuse it with it was only a one-time thing. Because if we know one thing, it happened recently and it's been happening for a long, long time. Yeah, and and to further add to the context as well, like, um, you know, especially with um, with Cage having a legend saying, like, I don't make games for F words, mm-hmm. like, there's context to that. And the context that some people oh, might yeah. not understand if they're not into gaming is that the culture into which that remark was made is because... Is well, my theory is that it is likely uh, because, as a reaction to uh, BioWare's very aggressive and like inclusion of gender non conforming queer Mm -hmm. characters in their games and queer romances. Because, like, if you look at the time frame during when these remarks were allegedly made, you know, there was a discussion happening. In the video gaming community about those things, you know, because there's there's kind of a disconnect that happens in the gaming industry. There's the demographic that companies think Mm. of when they think of a gamer. Mm -hmm. And then there's the actual real demographic, you know, like the fact is, is, you know, like your your average you know, whatever video gaming company marketing department, like they think that they're marketing to, you know, like Joe Blow glued to Call of Duty, you Mm -hmm. know, like 
two liter of Mountain Dew. Like that's who they think they're marketing to when there's a huge community among gamers of queer people, of yes. women, of gender nonconforming people. I mean, like if you just look at, I mean, and one of the greatest examples where you can see this dichotomy is in the marketing of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm. I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan fan girl i have been since brotherhood i bought brotherhood like just randomly just on a whim like oh this looks cute and fun <laughs> and i played it and i was like instantly addicted and as soon as i found out that the next game was going to be pirates because i'm also obsessed with pirates which is probably why han solo is one of my favorite characters of all time but anyway <laughs> i saw that tweet today i saw that tweet today I love that game. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, you know, then I was just like, oh, this is for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then they, they had an entire storyline in that game where everyone has syphilis. Did you know that? You have to go to the ocean floor and bring back syphilis medicine because everyone is lying around sick. Anyway. <laughs> There's a pill it. for that. <clears throat> anyway. So, you know, so... Okay, sorry, I got off track. So yes, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fangirl. I love everything they do. Odyssey was just like, blew my mind. It was beyond my wildest dreams. And the fact that the canon version of the game, like even though you have choices, the canon version is to play as the female character. That was such a bold, strong choice. And I mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. But do you know what? For a game that was literally written with a female protagonist, if you looked at the box art and the mm. advertising for the regular edition, the legendary edition, the gold edition, the limited edition statues that came with like the $150 package, like whatever, men, 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 men. Yep. All but over the marketing, you know? And it's like, so you can't just take these statements that were made at this company, like mm -hmm. outside of this societal context and outside of the the trends and the discussions and the discourse that's happening and has been happening in the video gaming industry. You know, I think something for like our, our straight identifying audience for sure to understand is as queer people, we hear those comments on the regular with everything anyways. Like, and it, the fact that someone can even say that and it's somehow acceptable, like is what that is. It infuriates me. That well, that that's is the thing. Like this is why we don't. Okay. This is why we don't need them to have won the court case to know that he said that. hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Nope. It's like it doesn't have to be proven in a court. Like it's like freaking common sense. Like it's not like he walked up to someone and said like purple monkey dishwasher nice tits. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. Nobody says that. Yep. Right. You know. You just did though. <laughs> <laughs> you did that <laughs> i actually I'm just saying no it's know, a good it's point like, it's a good point and i have two more things that i just want to highlight because oh yeah, i need more context for who these people are it's two really important things to highlight one is one of david cage's responses is you want to talk about homophobia, direct quote, you want to talk about homophobia, he said, I work with Elliot Page who fights for LGBTQ rights. You want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams who fights for civil rights in the USA. He says, judge me by my work. And I'm sorry, but that has very much, I can't be racist because I have friends of color. And that's insane. 
that people that he can say that and think it means anything, especially considering Elliot Page's experience working with this company and I the way that, get that oh get to that get to that. But let me throw out one more thing yeah, about yeah, the yeah. other co CEO who is equally trash, who said who literally during the entire Kate like. Oh, by the way, for the steam queens that are here, you're getting a very political side of me and a very hot side of me that you don't really get. So just buckle up. Okay. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say with the other co-CEO um, is that when when he was being asked about all this like copy and paste BS that I mentioned earlier with like the differences of opinion, he literally made like a... Well, I don't even, I'm not even going to call it a joke. I'm not going to give him the benefit of calling it a joke. But he asked if he could lie. He said, can I lie? Like, can I like, like if I'm, if I'm not under oath, can I lie about this showing he does not care? He doesn't take mm-hmm. it seriously. And if given the opportunity, he would lie about it. Go ahead and talk about Emily, Elliot Page. Em. I just had to throw that last. Well, I was there. just going to say, well, the whole idea of saying like, judge me by my work is hilarious. Oh my God. Oh my God. Actually, we look will. At the work, <laughs> we will, bitch. We will judge yeah, yeah. you by your work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, let's start with Elliot Page because let's that's probably that. one of the most egregious examples of what happened. So when Elliot Page was doing work for Beyond Two Souls, <clears throat> Um, and their presentation was different from what it is now. They had a clause. He had a clause in his contract saying that, um, uh, he didn't want to do any nudity because he knew that this studio was notorious for putting their female characters in showers and having these sort of voyeuristic cutscenes. Mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, that sounds, that sounds crucial to a Again, video judge game him by story. Judge him by his work. Mm-hmm. We will. Oh. That's the kind of content and storytelling you choose. Those are the devices you use as a storyteller. So um, that so there was that clause in the contract because Elliot was not comfortable. And what did they do? They just hired a model, and they did a nude scene anyway with Elliot's character in the game, just using a different body. It, Without consulting with Elliot about whether they he wanted his character to be like portrayed in that way, even well, even specifically forbade it. So yep. yeah, I was just gonna say it couldn't have been any clearer. <laughs> Literally, like it's it's it is. He asks us. He asks us to judge it by his work. Mm-hmm. His work is objectively misogynistic, sexist, homophobic, and transphobic. And racist as well. But we haven't even got to those examples. But yeah, all this context is very important. <laughs> yeah. So examples of sexism in Heavy Rain alone were terrible. Like it's okay. Like trigger warning for discussion of sexualized violence against women. Okay. So like mute me for the next like, I don't know, minute and a half. So like in Heavy Rain, there's two female characters. One of them is literally a sex worker. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a sex worker. Nothing like that. However, the portrayal is less than respectful. Let's put it that way. Um, and the other character has like almost nothing to do with the story. Like really is unnecessary to the story. Is eye candy and is put in a situation where she is forced to disrobe at gunpoint and gyrate and grind to do a lap dance mm-hmm. on someone on the like on someone else and like you're like graded like during the lap dance on like how sexy you're being or whatever and you have to do it in order to progress through the story and like find find important clues 
like it's just it's just so disrespectful and then I mean this is something that's very personal to me but I did not like the way that Heavy Rain is very innovative in the way it uses physical movement. And so you really, it's very immersive in that way. Like it makes you like actually like use your hands, like with the controller. It was kind of like an early version of the Wii. Um, so it's like, you know, when you're, when you're like crack an egg to make breakfast, you like go like this with the controller. And so you like, you really feel like it's your hands like doing these things. And it's like, it's, the movements like live in your body and it's you that's doing it. And at a certain point in the game, you discover that one of the characters is a serial killer that's being hunted through the game. So you are basically made complicit by acting mm. through the body of a serial killer, which I did not appreciate. Like I can see some people thinking that, Oh, like that's a cool fun twist. But like, I don't, I, I hate the fact that I like made breakfast for somebody and I was also a serial killer. Like I don't want to live that experience. And I was just roped into it outside of my consent, which I feel like the kind of mentality that thinks that that's like a cool thing to do mm -hmm. is very indicative of a mentality that is antisocial, let's say. A hundred percent. And thank you for sharing that. I think that that's like just further important context. And I want to bring up right now that like, while we talk about this all in, in relationship to Eclipse and in relationship to being queer Star Wars fans and processing this, this decision made by Lucasfilms games, um, I want to highlight that like, this also exists outside of Star Wars in the sense that like, the reason I am choosing to get, I mean, and I mean choosing, like I could easily choose to disengage. Again, perfectly valid response. I want to make it clear that like how queer people process all this and how they choose to engage or not engage with it is their choice. The people who I will be watching are um, Lucasfilm, A. Mm -hmm. Also, obviously, maybe Quantic Dream. And also, sorry, but, you know, friends of mine who consider themselves to be allies that like that's those are the kinds of voices I'm looking to sort of critique. And I would never critique a queer voice because, again, it's important to remember to respect our queer siblings, like Brian said at the beginning of the show. Um, otherwise, we will fall into the trap of infighting and getting nothing done. And this this issue extends so far beyond Star Wars. It is about mm. why things are so exceptionally normalized that cishet men that behave the way... I mean, not even cishet men, just people. People mm -hmm. that behave like this and talk like this and make decisions that they make within their creations and just all this kind of stuff. We treat their employees. I can go on and on and on. But the point is, is like, why is that okay? And why are their pockets still being filled? Why do they still have the positions that they do? This has been going on for so long with them. So again, we'll talk about, it, I'm sure, the rest of the show in context of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to highlight the reason I choose and why I encourage other people to look at this a little bit more seriously. This isn't something where it's like, oh, that was trending for a day on Twitter. This is a long-term thing that has huge implications outside of the world of Star Wars as well. That's all. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, God, I have so many things. I want to, let's start this conversation actually with what is it like, and Chase, we'll start with you. Like, what is it like for you to, and I know we've asked this question before, but you know, 
I'm sure we're all feeling hyper-focused on it right now anyways, but like, what is it like for you being a queer person on the internet? What is it like for you being a queer person on the street? What is it like for you to be a queer person at work? Because if there's one thing that I saw a lot of today, at least in our feed, and I'll read some of these tweets later, is like, you know, who cares by the game anyways, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's easy for you to say when it's not you. Oh, yeah. So what are what is it like for you? Um, something that we were talking about at the top of the show is it's just like wild to me that like as queer people, we are expected to, and I'm want to be very clear that this is not a dramatization. We are expected to endure, endure trauma, which is what every single queer person is experiencing, whether they want to call it that or not. Like it is a, it is by definition traumatic to have to see the phrases that we have seen this man say blast all of our timelines, which in my opinion, send it out. Like everyone needs to know. I mean, I get called certain words on the street all the time. It's nothing new. But what's so wild to me is that as a content creator on Pink Milk and everywhere else, like I have to talk about this because I am inherently political and I don't have a choice. That is not a privilege that I have. I'm a political person. People make my identity and who I am a political issue. I didn't choose to do that. So no one can put that on me. And as much as trolls on the internet want to come and tweet at me and say that I like that I'm like some like woke social justice warrior, whatever words they want to use to try to diminish me, it's like they're they are the ones like policing my identity. I'm not trying to police anyone's mm-hmm. identity. I'm just trying to be myself. So what I, what's been on my mind as a queer content creator today is the fact that we have to experience this trauma and either A, choose to accept it and move on and normalize it, completely destructive. B, engage with it and try to make sense of it for other people, completely traumatic, double fold. Um, and then C, we either talk about it we either don't talk about it or we have to talk about it. And if we talk about it, we have to talk about it in this way other content creators get to talk about it and talk about what the game's about. They get to talk about what they're excited about. They get to do a trailer reaction. Do you know what we get to do? We get to talk about why it sucks. We get to do this, which by the way, I'm honored to be here and have this platform to be able to talk about this because I think it's really important. But I just think it's a really important message to remind everyone, um, specifically like allies and friends, like, this this is like as much as 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 this is a choice for us to talk about this it's also not a choice it's it's something that is imposed on us on top of also having to go through the trauma of one of our favorite things choosing to um partner with these people which they either knew which they either didn't know about didn't care enough to research or they knew and they didn't care and i think they knew and they didn't care so mm-hmm. that's that's shitty yeah. <laughs> so that's my Bad answer <laughs> You know, I want to read this real quick because some of the stuff that you were just talking about, like I know a few weeks ago, like I've made my jokes about Boba Fett being gay. I yes, I think he is. And yes, I also know some of the as our love our lovingly friend over here, Hope, like called me out on for kind of doing a baiting post. I get it. I'm fine. Like I, all jokes aside, I got what I was doing. But this is a a tweet that I did yesterday that I do not find, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, to be baiting whatsoever. I'm not engaging. I am not asking for anything. This is what I said. The fact that blatant homophobia is acceptable is just so disgusting. To use the higher public to give power to homophobic creators is extra enraging. Star Wars and Lucasfilm have some decisions to make and a stance to take. Don't release Star Wars Eclipse. So I'm extra mad, especially because like I've had the privilege to speak with uh, 
Justina Ireland on the show. We've had the privilege of having Christina Ariel on After Dark with us. These people who are working tremendously hard to give a voice to the people who did not have a very large voice in Star Wars before. So to use that that timeline, mm-hmm. which let's face it, is our timeline finally in Star Wars to use that for this shit. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language, makes me extra mad. Like extra, extra, extra mad. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it is a spit in the face to all of the people that have worked so hard to make the High Republic and that timeline in Star Wars something for everyone and something for the people who were never seen before. And you know the kinds of, like, imagine the battles that some of those people must have had, right? Yep. You know? Yep. And, and I was just going to say, and on top of that, um, this is alleged, I don't know this for sure, but I assume that... Everyone got notifications today to not tweet about this. Mm-hmm. And certain people, certain friends of the show might not might not be okay with this and might want to have something to say. And they can't say that. And that's shitty for a whole other whole lot of I mean, we can do five hundred more shows about why that's shitty. But yeah, that's been equally frustrating. Yeah. You were talking about uh so I've got some some retweets, and one of the retweets was I laugh at your rage in quotes. And the conversation that goes on with this person and somebody else is like uh, the High Republic is garbage, not the word they used. And David Cage games are amazing. This will not go well. Um, Okay, the High Republic is utter garbage. It just takes uh, any chance to get a laugh at the rainbow crowd uh, to go after the way they keep pushing. Please let uh, pedos near your kids and don't be a bigot stuff. So I guess like we're pedophiles. And we're just out there chasing people to say these things. No, actually, you read my tweet that didn't even ask for you to engage with it. So you invited yourself into my motherfucking house. Excuse my language again. I apologize. If you invited yourself here and then called me the Rainbow Brigade like I came to you. And actually, I didn't even respond to you. I didn't do any of those things. So, like, just because we are queer people feel that they can say and do whatever they want to do to us because we are here. Therefore we invited everything. Yeah. And, and also in situations like this, because we normalize this kind of behavior by David cage, that is why they think they can do this. So it is up to us in moments like this to say, that's not okay. So that eventually maybe one day a cishet white straight person might not have that audacity. We can only hope, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's why we interrupt what we're trying to interrupt right now. Yep. Oh, I said I said last night that, you know, there's a cynical part of me that feels like them using the studio that panders to, you know, whatever fandom menace, gamer gators, whatever is a way of them trying to capture that demographic because they're kind of like, oh, you know, like the little gays, they can have the books, you know, the little nerdy bookworms. Yep. They can have all the gay characters. But, you know, like we need to make the High Republic into something that's going to yes. sell the Mr. Two Liter of Mountain Dew, you know? And I feel like that's what they're doing is like they're trying to take all the F words out of the High Republic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sell it to people who wouldn't who you know think of the books as the rainbow brigade and it's like and you know and of course that ties into our to our discussion about like you know how must those authors feel yeah you know like this is a world that they put so much of themselves into building and they put those types of characters in there 
And it just like feels, it must just feel like someone just like threw their baby to the wolves. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. Justina Ireland, queer herself. Emma Miko Candon, not in the High Republic, but they wrote Ronan, queer. Yeah. Look how yeah. queer that, you know, I, I know not everyone has read that book, but you should because it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, I need to stop cursing. It's the vodka and the anger <laughs> and the frustration. So I apologize, everyone. It's the um, vodka and also the, you know, hate crimes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we we finally were getting somewhere. And then here we go again, a video game that has a bigger audience. No, we're going to relegate you to the small, like to the smallest thing we can do yeah. because there aren't that many of you. It's and almost it goes, like they were signaling, like, don't worry, we're not Bioware. Yeah. You know? And yes. And another thing I wanted to say too is about this is like, I think it's fair to call the Star Wars fandom at, at best healing. The Star Wars fandom is healing at best. At worst, it's split and it's completely twisted and fucked and there's no going back, right? But mm -hmm. um, Lucasfilm knows that the fandom isn't healing. And actions like these make it so much harder to heal and make it so much harder for a fandom to come together. And Lucasfilm, in my opinion, has a responsibility to take these actions into consideration when it comes for the betterment and the fandom. Because... Right now, how I feel, on aside from getting really tired of feeling slighted because I'm queer, on, like, aside from the fact that I am exhausted because I'm constantly having to put my queerness in a box and put it to the side to enjoy anything in this fandom, I just feel like they don't really, really give a shit about me or about their consumers in general. Because clearly they, they don't care about sort of like the social... Like the social the social situation that is the Star Wars fandom that they are privy to because a lot of them are within the fandom as well. Um, but they don't care. They, they're, they're making money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's where yeah. the corporation comes into play that I don't expect from Star Wars because of, of Lucasfilm's origin story. It's very easy to forget. Lucasfilm is a corporation. I love Lucasfilm. I love a lot of people that work at Lucasfilm. I'm just saying in situations like these, it is not easy. It is easy for me to real, to, to think Less like, oh, they care about us and the fandom's well-being and they're trying to bring people together and more about they don't care. They will make choices that make them money and they don't really care about the people that are consuming the content. Because the way I see this choice is it gives a lot of fodder to the other side. And by the other side, I mean the racist, misogynistic, homophobic fans that continue to weaponize Star Wars um, to hate other people just for who they are. And yeah. this decision gives them so much fuel you know what i mean it's put so much more fuel on that fire let me read some of these because this is a perfect segue to the fuel that some of those people have been given again i just read the tweet that i put i didn't i don't feel like that was a baiting tweet i don't feel that it was like asking for engagement i was just making my statement right now yes it's social media so you're putting it out there and i i don't need to go down that conversation but i know but i wasn't even really saying anything to any one specific person, yet they bring in things like this. Oh, I'm buying this game. I couldn't care less, but I'm sure you and 20-odd people will make a difference. Twitter cancel culture. Uh, don't play it then. They don't have to bend the knee to everyone. Um, <laughs> They're really missing the point. It's not about uh -huh. like not playing the game. That's mm -hmm. not what we're talking about. <laughs> like, um, this is what no... Um, what's a better word to use for this? This is what no kitty does for you. A and MF. Okay. Um, 
Oh, I'm buying this game. I couldn't care less, but I'm sure that you. Oh, I just read that one. I'm sorry. Oop, oop, oop. We did the laugh rage. Oh, oh crap. This might be a good Star Wars game, guys. <laughs> like, it's all of this kind of like absolute trash that brings voices to all of this. Like, oh, laughing faces. Twitter, Twitter already at it. Oh, I'm buying this game. I couldn't care less. More of that. More. Oh, here we go. The Joker things. Snowflakes. Like, uh, I'm getting this game ASAP. Like, it's just inviting all of that unnecessary thing to this thing that you were just saying, Chase, of like a fandom that's already splintered. It's like you're purposely mm. going out there and sparking like you're throwing little things out there to like spark little fires again. Like, is this because I guess any, any conversation is good conversation. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're not even like, they're not, they're not only, they're not only adding friction into the fandom. They are validating people's reasons for hatred in this decision. They are, they're saying it's okay. You know what I mean? They're normalizing it and they're giving mm-hmm. people a reason to, to think that it's okay to, talk to queer people like that it's wild i have been out for 24 years i have seen a lot of things get better i have seen some things get worse and for 24 years that i have been out and this is long long last outside of these 24 years but for the 24 years that i have been out I have had so many people, politicians, companies, television shows, movies, say we see you and, you know, vote for me and I'm going to have marriage equality for you. Vote for me and I'll make sure that, you know, you can. I was just listening to a podcast, you know, in the 60s, people, women arrested because they didn't have their three articles of clothing to, you know, that women should That's not that. That is not that long ago. These people are still alive. Yeah. 24 years that I have been told that it's going to come. It's going to come. And you know what? Honestly, I'm really getting really ticked off because Ronan, the High Republic, made me feel like, oh, it might actually be coming. Yeah, It might be coming. And then just kidding, we're going to take that thing that we gave you and now just take it away again. Like that's how it feels. And it's that like I, I'm going to tease you in and then yank it out. 100%. And I think that's like on top of how horrendous it is in general to partner with um, people like, well, I guess like a company like Quantic Dream because of their co-CEOs. You know, it's just, ah, I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say. It's just so irritating. I just get so mad and then I forget what I'm talking about, honestly. (laughs) That's why I'm just reading from my notes. But I had a point and it'll come back. You know, I'm not going to be surprised if in like the next few days we get, you know, ooh, new uh, Dr. Afro comic coming out. Oh, here we go. And it's going to have some like trashy rainbow flag that they just cut and paste in there because it was going to be released forever ago and now oh nope see we still see you we still like you you've got dr afra yeah and that was going to be my point as i remember now it's just like it, it just there's also like an emotional stake to this that that i think should be spoke should be spoken on that you kind of hinted at it's just it's wild to me that an era of star wars that has proven to be so beautiful in its representation and respect and reverence towards marginalized communities and the way that so many queer folks have been seen um that this is the one that this is the era that they choose to go with and it really does feel like it doesn't even feel like three steps forward two steps back it feels like it feels like 
it like first of all we never took three steps forward by the way it was it was just a book and i mean just a book in the sense of like publishing is worth everything and it's great but when it comes to broader representation over dominant like whatever is more dominantly being consumed by consumers in, within star wars um we weren't evident we, we were given hope like you said brian we were given like hope and thinking oh wow maybe maybe i have a place here so we wouldn't even take that step yet and before we even had the before we even like could make that actual step we got thrown way back yeah. way back by this decision and that's why it feels extra personal on top of it being inherently personal because we're gay and this people mm-hmm. these people hate gay people uh it feels personal in the sense of the era they chose to play in which is a beautifully queer and amazingly written gorgeous publishing initiative yeah. and i know that a lot of the steam queens um here tonight are queer but i also know that a lot of our audience mm-hmm. is not And something that I want to talk about, because, you know, we keep like Chase, you've talked about your experiences of, you know, having homophobic comments said to you and Brian, you know, you've been reading some examples and something that I've mentioned it once before on the podcast, but like something that I found to be revolutionary when I heard it. So I want to share it with other people is in Hannah Gadsby's first comedy special in the net she talks about how when you experience homophobia, that is trauma. And that is something that lives inside of you forever. Like there's no amount of it gets bettering. There's no amount of like gay marriage, you know, the right to raise children, you know, the right to not be fired for your sexual orientation, like whatever, like there's no amount of societal acceptance that will ever heal or undo the trauma of having someone that you possibly trust and care about look at you and tell you that what you are is wrong. Yep. You know, so I just, I really want people to especially people who don't have the experience of being the targets of homophobia and queerphobia and transphobia. I want them to understand that this is a unique type of psychological wound Mm -hmm. and that makes it a big deal. You know, uh, Chase, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it makes it a big deal, not only like what I worry about with certain like performative allyship I see online is I feel like there is a general census of your like of a person a, a claim to be allies scrolling through Twitter and is seeing queer people vent about this game and mm-hmm. and talk about why they're upset and and liking the tweet because you're like oh like that sucks like I can acknowledge that that hurts. Do you know what I mean? I can acknowledge that there's pain there and there's trauma there and that sucks. I'm going to keep scrolling because they'll get better and the game will get out and things will get out. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. what I've been curious to see over the past 48 hours and in a lot of ways have been feeling so blessed and so comforted and in a lot of ways disappointed is allies not taking it to the next level of actually making noise themselves. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Like, like, it's it's more than just like M talked about. It's more it's more than just like being like, oh, 
I feel bad. Like that queer person experiences this sort of trauma and I'll never understand that. And I'm just going to like it and make them feel good by liking it. And like, even just to retweet, like there's just, there's a little bit more that could be done mm-hmm. is all I wanted to say, because I just think that's something that is also normalized. Like on top of the terrible actions that are normalized, certain like really lazy, I wouldn't even call it allyship, but just like certain engagement is normalized too, which isn't really saying much, but makes the dominant culture, the straight culture feel better about themselves. People who are truly allies cannot accept the status quo because literally, because the status quo is homophobic and centric and misogynistic and transphobic. And they can't like, they can't like just allow like, well, they can't, it's just like wild to me because like, and maybe I'm looking for it too hard, but y'all let me know in the chat room. Let me know here. Em and Brian, I felt like I wit, I witnessed people ignore the whole quantic dream thing until the convert because they thought it was going to pass. Mm-hmm. And then when it didn't pass, they were like, oh shit, I should probably start talking about this because it's not just going to pass. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like since I've insane. always said, I know, and I know this is really jerky, but I call it the Twitter hype train, and I will follow the train as long as there's people on it. We, I've mentioned this before. I'll hop on the car train once I know there's people in there, but I'm not going to be the first one to hop in it, and it's infuriating. Yeah. Or I'm going to yeah. hop on it once I realize it's my one car out of town. Yeah, yep. or that. You know, I think. Um, again, if any of this is triggering. It's okay to leave. I understand. But I've mentioned these things before on the podcast. Um, so like today I posted the thing because I, again, the post that I put, we lost like people. And I made, you know, and I made this joke, you know, kind of a joke, but I'm like, you know, I find it funny that, you know, we lose followers every time I make a bigger statement like that on our Twitter. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, if you don't listen to the podcast, okay. If you just follow the Twitter, okay. But what what did you think you were following when you hit the follow button? And it's like, it's okay for me to make a funny joke of Star Wars is gay with a high heel or like a ha 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 clones are gay. That's okay. Like it's yeah. okay to be playful. I can be that can, gay guy that makes you can the be, joke. You can be entertaining. I, I can be just Jack. Yes. yes. The minute the that, entertainment. Yes. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. The yeah. minute that I become something else, you're going to unfollow us. Yeah. You know, like, dude, what you don't nuts. understand, and again, if you need to leave, leave. But me, personally, Brian, I have been raped, not once, but twice. I have been spit on. I have been punched. I have had my head through, put through a window. I have been in a hospital with food poisoning and told not to see me because I look like one of those fags, excuse my language, with AIDS. So make sure you have your gloves on. I have had to live those things. And so when you think it's funny for me to be the just Jack and the entertaining gay, but the minute that I actually like need to say something because I'm a human being, I have to relive what you were talking about. I have to relive every single one of those things again, because every time that those has happened to me, the police told me, well, it's your fault. When I went to a doctor because I was here to a, a counselor after, you know, I was, forced to do things I didn't want to do. I'm gay. I kind of asked for it. I've had in college, just like a lot of people, right? I've gotten things that, oops, I, well, I need a pill for that. But you know what? They wouldn't give me a pill because I was gay and I did it to myself. Straight people don't have to go through those things. And so, yes, it's okay for you to scroll on by 
But when it's something like Star Wars that I love with every single fiber of my being, because it was the only thing that as a, I never felt comfortable going to church as a little gay kid. I always knew. And I didn't feel comfortable going through those doors because I wasn't accepted there. But in Star Wars, I was accepted. And it taught me things about religion. And it taught me things. We had these conversations last week. It taught me about things that people need from religion, but in a place that I felt like I could go to. And then they really started explicitly saying I could be there. And now, like you said, M, nope, no, no. We we just want you to know that Star Wars isn't really for the gay people. Here you go, straight yeah. people. We're gonna take that error that we made for everybody else and give it right back to you. Yeah. And I have to relive, all of us have to relive those things. We have to relive walking down a street and hearing the F word thrown at you from some car, and all you're literally doing is walking with a bag of groceries. <laughs> and somehow we asked for it. I asked yeah. for all these things because I'm a snowflake and I'm cancel culture and all that, because I said like like I asked for this because I'm gay. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? And that's what, that's what Lucasfilm is saying is okay. That's what the problem is. And you know, I, and I love our straight listeners. I really do. I appreciate you, but you will never understand. I'm sorry. You just won't. But here's, here's the thing. One of the things that I've learned, like through being active in social justice movements is that true allyship is not needing to see yourself and your own needs in a movement in order to support it. Mm. You know, like I had the same Mm -hmm. conversation. I I made friends with someone who was like a very conservative Christian and they actually ended up becoming a feminist and it like broke up their marriage because their husband couldn't get on board. But like they actually had this conversation with me once when they were coming to me to talk to me about trans issues because like they felt like I was a safe person to talk that out with. And at a certain point in our conversation, I just had to say like, look, you just have to accept at a certain point that you're not going to be able to wrap your head around certain things. Mm-hmm. And, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get on board, yeah. you know? It doesn't mean and you like, care less. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, the thing is like too many people, especially people who are members of the dominant group or who are members of a societal group that has more power and is like more empowered and more privileged. Those people feel entitled to make this barrier of like barrier to entry, like this sort of threshold where it's like, oh, well, you know, you have to plead your case to me in order for me to like use my power on your behalf, you know? So it's like, it's like they make it a prerequisite that they have to understand what you're going through. They have to understand your struggle. It's not enough to go to them and say like, I'm hurting Mm. or this Mm -hmm. is what I need or like, you know, I'm being mm-hmm. oppressed and this is how we can, like, if, if you can lend some of your strength to me, we can break the oppression, mm. you know? And then they turn around and they're like, oh, well, explain it to me like I'm five. It's like, how come I need to explain this to you? You yes. know? Yes. And yes. It's like, you know, if you, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, you know, if, it's like if you, if, you, if you go to a doctor because your hand got run over by a tractor, does the doctor have to know how a tractor works? Do they yeah. have to be like an, a mechanical engineer? No, they fix your hand, you know, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. 
you know it's like the dominant group has been socialized to believe and like and this is part of you know the whole idea of like rationalism too taking over us that's a whole other discussion we could i'll do this some other time <laughs> but like <clears throat> you know but this idea that like you have to have some kind of like logical cogent argument for why people need to help you break your oppression mm-hmm. is just another way of perpetuating oppression you mm-hmm. know like i've said on this i've said on this podcast before about how systems of oppression have an immune system they have a def- they have defense mechanisms and that's one of them is that members of the dominant group make it a prerequisite that if they're if you want them to share their power with you to break their oppression they have to understand your oppression yep gatekeeping bullshit it's yeah. wild it's so wild and that's like that's what i was saying earlier too with regards to like it's it is outside of star wars too like and it's out and like, it's so funny. I had one person on Twitter tweet me back and it was one negative tweet I've gotten. I've put out a lot of tweets today. And it was the one person I got that was, that was a very not nice person, a very homophobic and misogynistic person. And they made it into this whole thing about li- their words, not mine, liberals and pronouns and agendas, right? That's how they chose to read my tweet. And it's just, it's so wild to me because it's not about that. I never said it was about that. That person is putting those words in my mouth and me and like trying to claim it's about that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Why are we, why are you this person who's making this about that? Why are you making it about that? And why are you okay with these types of power, these people, these, these types of people in power? Again, like this, it's outside of Star Wars. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's why it's so, I'm so vocal about it is it's not about just like, it's not just about like all these like sort of like, political like and like it's not about this all this vernacular that gets us down and that people weaponize against each other from whatever side it's just about like why is that okay like let's have a conversation as to why we continue to let those people have their positions that they do and why we continue to rationalize giving them our money and why we also in my opinion like why why is that game why does that game why is that game even attractive at this point you know what I mean? Like it's this is it's just too too normalized. Well, and in my opinion, it's badly designed because I already I talked about this this morning because it's like the figures, um, some of the figures in the trailer look like the same race as Marky and Roe, but they're not, according to Charles Soule. So it's like Okay, so like, why did they make that choice? That's a silly artistic. Well, they choice. probably didn't read the books because they don't like gay people. <laughs> but it's like it's books. like that facial structure with greenish gray skin. It's like that's no, you're weirdly, right. That's weirdly similar, and it's like okay, I don't know. I just feel like it was a poor artistic choice because if they're not the same, then like there's so many different configurations of alien you could choose or even just make them like weird humans with like facial tattoos or something. If you need to do something like, you know, I completely, completely agree. And I think the most ironic part about all of this, like the dark humor in it is the fact that like representation in Star Wars is historically best in old Star Wars video games. And yet, the newest Star Wars video game coming out is coming out from this openly homophobe, openly and proudly homophobic, proudly. racist, and misogynistic, sexist company. That's ironic. That's just it's so ironic. So, Hope brought this up. Like, what do we do? What do we do going forward? 
Um, I was like literally on change.org today. And then I was like, title your petition. And then I was like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm going to title it. Remove, you know, David Cage and Guillaume, Guillaume, or I don't know how to say Guillaume. it. Guillaume. You know, it's like, what am I going to say? Remove David Cage and Guillaume. Like, I, I'm not going to say that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But honestly, what I would like to do is look back to how people mobilized, mobilized around Ms. Carano and how that had somewhat of an impact. Ultimately, by the way, I don't think they fired her because they didn't agree with her. I think they fired her because she was bad press. So I just want to make that clear on my personal opinion. Um, but I would like to learn from some of the pressures we were able to put on uh, corporations in general from that situation and continue making noise about it and continue to like encourage allies to do more than just like a tweet with peace and love and to use more... use all their channels that they have to put out as much information as they can and put out as much pressure as they can on the studio to stop this from happening because it's incredibly destructive on a personal level. It's destructive on a relational level within fandom and it's destructive on a societal level as to why we all let this happen. It's destructive on so many levels. And I think we owe it to ourselves as queer people, as Star Wars fans and as human beings to be loud and make it change. Yeah. Yep. Blackout eclipse. Hashtag blackout eclipse. Oh, I love that. Eclipse the eclipse, bitch. <laughs> Emma, what about you? Like, what do. Yeah, I mean, just keep being a loudmouth bitch. I mean, like, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chase is dying. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Well, I mean, come on, you know? And yeah. Yeah, just you gotta keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. Keep confronting people. That's the thing. See, this this goes with our discussion about straight people being comfortable. Is that you have to get confrontational? Yeah, and you gotta. Stonewall was a riot, baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's throw some bricks. Literally, throw some bricks. Literally. (laughs) Oh my god! The next eclipse that happens, we need to like do something. I'm gonna look at the calendar and see when the next eclipse is happening. No, (laughs) I'm putting it out there right now. My thing. I really, no, I, I'm going to put it in my bio. I, I mean, I'm going to keep talking about it. It's so wild to me. And you know what? Also, I want to speak on really quick for all the Harry Potter fans out there or ex Harry Potter fans. I was talking about it tonight at dinner. It pains me how much I hate Harry Potter. I hate that I hate Harry Potter, yeah. but I hate Harry Potter because it broke my heart. It completely shattered my heart. It broke my heart. And what is so sad to me And why this moment right now is so important is because Star Wars can so quickly become Harry Potter. Don't say that. It can. And that's a reality we need to face. It's so heartbreaking. But it can become another Harry Potter if we do not disrupt and interrupt what is happening and change it. And that breaks. It's a it's a sad truth. But listen, I'm not letting my I'm not going to let my Star Wars become another Harry Potter. And, you know, Mark isn't here tonight, but I do want to highlight one of his tweets because I think it was so perfectly put. He tweeted in response to me. He said, my love of Star Wars has been chipped away little by little this past year. And honestly, this chipped a big piece away. And that like literally makes me so like that, like makes my heart feel so heavy because I know it's just Star Wars. I know it's just a stupid made up world. Sure, sure, sure. However, someone wants to spin it, they can spin it. But it's so sad to me that we have to allow this chipping to happen, endure the chipping that does happen, and eventually be left with nothing, all because we're queer. 
Yep. I'm, you know, you and I were speaking about this before we went on. And I think, you know, I got a shut up kiss in the last Skywalker movie. It was like the period of a sentence of a story that was really important to me for a long time. And I got this stupid shut up kiss. It just really made me mad. And, you know, I've been pretty open about I'm new to social media. I'm new to these kinds of things with the start of this podcast. Right. And there was a little while today where I was kind of upset that I'm in the middle of all this because I just want to like Star Wars. And I feel like I want to just like Star Wars and not know about all this stuff. And then I'm like, but also, is that my own internal homophobia? Like, I don't even feel worthy that like, like, what's more important? some movies and some books and a couple of video games or who I am. Like, why am I even questioning that? Like it upsets me that I yeah. even question that, that I'm like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or that you question being heartbroken that Harry Potter did that. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. And like we, I couldn't even, not that I would have enjoyed that trailer anyways, because I don't know what I thought, but like, I can't even like, I can't even, I, I, I can't, like you were saying, Chase, I can't even like have a second to be excited. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah. It is like tainted. It will always be tainted. I will. I have no interest in ever playing it. I have no interest in watching the cuts on YouTube. I don't. I have no interest in supporting it any in any way, shape, or form. And it's becoming really tiresome. And to and support Star Wars, a hundred percent. And like, and and again, to speak to Brian's brilliant point at the beginning of this episode is like that. And that that to me is one of the biggest reasons why every queer person's experience of this is completely valid. However, it is. It's a lot to change. It's a lot to not change. Yeah. Queer people can engage or disengage with this in any way they see fit. Yeah. If you want to be stoked for the game and play it every day, I applaud you. Queer yes. people, you do what the fuck you want to do. It is you yeah. get to do whatever you want. You all, we all have the hall pass. This is absurd. Agreed. So if you if like Brian in in relationship to what you were saying, if you want to just sit back and enjoy Star Wars, that's valid. You're not a bad queer person for, you know, engaging with it how you would engage with it. And I'm not just singling yep. you out. I'm not just talking about you. Oh, I'm just saying in general. I'm using you can that as single example. me out so we can use everybody else. I'm all, yeah, I'm thank you. I'm good thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I have these conversations with Tom sometimes, you know, on husband and husband, because he doesn't know any of this stuff and he can just enjoy it for what it is. But I don't know if I'm okay with that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, I've been out for 24 years and I still have to have these stupid conversations. 24 years later, most of my life I've had to do this. And let me tell you, being out 24 years ago was really damn hard. And I feel like it was easier for a little while. I don't know if it's the last four years. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm now a dad. And so now I have to think about other people more than just myself. And all of a sudden I have to question my outness because I don't want to like put my kids in a situation that's going to make them uncomfortable. And like mm. that's messed up on all sorts of levels because what am I teaching my children? But also I'm like, oh my God, I have my kids and I need to worry about them because it's not about me anymore. And all mm -hmm. of this shit that after 24 years, we should have been over. Like we should have mm -hmm. like, or, or, Okay, let's not be there because it's never going to be over. But it shouldn't shouldn't be so socially acceptable that a video game company gets the biggest franchise, the biggest money making thing of all time, and they are blatantly homophobes, and it's like perfectly acceptable. Yeah, that and, would and the happen. queerest part of that franchise, exactly. The yeah, objectively queerest part of that yes. franchise. Yes. If it just it just makes me feel like I am still trash i'm not even trash i'm the scum underneath the trash that has been sitting there that the trash won't even touch like it makes like 
it that is how it feels sometimes to and, be a queer person. Like I am not anything. Like nothing. And that's like the sickest part about it. Like on a for real level, like that makes me be like, you know what? Maybe the Phantom Menace is right. Maybe I should get out of Star Wars. Maybe I should take my gayness out of Star Wars. Now I don't end there, but that is a part of of the processing for me personally. To speak what you to what you're saying, Brian, is it yep. it, it is it is so oddly validating. Um, it validates hate, and it and it's horrifying. And I just also want to highlight. I think the Steam Room hashtag blackout Star Wars Eclipse that will be in my bio, bitch. I'm fucking ready. I, I love just, that hashtag. Well, I just tweeted out one, and I just updated it with that one. So thank you, Steam Queens. Thank you, Bam. Yeah, thanks, Steam Queens. That's awesome. I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, it just means that I'm just going to make all my fix more gay than they were already. No, absolutely. Right. And that's, <laughs> and that's where I end up. Right. That's where I end up. Yep. Absolutely. You know what we're going to do? Because if anything I learned, again, like to rewind back to the top of the show as we're probably kind of wrapping up some of this stuff. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I feel like we're just you know, yeah. complaining because it sucks. <laughs> um, my experience with video game people today and again, so this is very limited knowledge of video game people. So, like, I, I understand that. Uh-oh. Um, it's fine. Um, I'm fast. Thank you. Uh, I feel like video game people are also, like, the 40-year-old something Boba Fett fans. Like, they all seem to have a similar, like, language that they share and a similar viewpoint. And um, maybe... I'm just going to make, and we can all just make the book of Boba Fett, like a pink book of glitter bomb goodness. And I'm going to make that goddamn show so flipping gay and everything in there is going to be about him being gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Fair. I'll take back your OT or like, you're going to take away the high Republic for me. You're going to take away that time period. Well, I'm going to make your OT the gayest thing ever. We're going to put Boba Fett in some Chanel boots. It won't just be Luke. I don't know. Oh, no, I, I love know. it. I, I completely, I completely agree. Um, and like, I noticed like the same sort of response, just even, even like driving around like town today, running errands. I felt myself so much more outwardly, physically, like, uh, like obviously gay, whatever that means. I found myself feel so, I felt so much more queer just walking down this street because it's, there's something about it that really activates the, the, the political side of me and political side, not in like a American politics sort of way, but political side in the sense of just, we are inherently political yep. beings because people decide to make us that. So I'm like, girl, yep. girl, I'll be gay. I'll be gayer than gay. I will reinvent the word gay, like into mm-hmm. it, totally into it. I agree. I like what Brian here says. Yes, time to get gayer, y'all. And uh, Brian, I'm going to make your wish true right now. And we're going to get a little gayer with our friend Hope. More gay. <laughs> More gay. More gay. More gay. <laughs> Hello, dear. We love you. How are you? Hi. No, I God, I just realized I haven't like showered in three days. But I, I wanted to say something to a point that you guys were making about like the fear of stepping out of the fandom. Like we feel like we're being pushed out of the fandom over this. And I wanted to talk about a couple of examples in other Disney properties right fast, because mm-hmm. this has come up a few times in Disney animation, especially recently with shows like Owl House, DuckTales and Amphibia. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring up in Gravity Falls as an earlier example So Alex Hirsch, who is the creator of Gravity Falls, 
was saying at the same time uh, he was making his show that he was really pushing for like queer representation and Disney wouldn't let him to the point where they wouldn't even uh, send him emails. They would only talk to him on the phone so there wouldn't be a paper trail. And uh, and he was very vocal about this, which then but he laid the groundwork and he spoke out and he spoke out, which laid the groundwork for other shows like uh, Owl House and and, and DuckTales are two examples and to a lesser extent Amphibia. But even then, Matt Braley had to push to have his main character be Thai because he's a Thai creator and he wanted to have Thai representation in his show. Mm. And he he pushed against like the traditional like Disney girl. But in the case of DuckTales and uh, Owl House, creator of Owl House being uh, Dana Terrace and one of the writers and directors of DuckTales being Sam King, both wanted to have queer characters. And when, when you think about Disney, Owl House is very gay. It has the first uh, non-binary character on the Disney Channel. It has the first bisexual, openly bisexual character on Disney Channel. And Dana Terrace was very vocal that she had to go to multiple execs, from exec to exec to exec, just to get it in. And she said in many interviews, there are people in the company that do want these stories. You just have to find the right ones and you have to support them. And the same thing happened with Sam King. Now Sam King's a different different example because it's DuckTales. DuckTales with Donald Duck is a protected Disney property. So Mm. she couldn't go all the way and call one of her characters a lesbian. Mm. She had to say like, I'm not interested in earth men because she was from the moon. So that's all she could say. But Sam came right out and said, this character is a lesbian. That's what we were going for. So the reason I'm bringing all this up is I know everyone, it hurts. I know it sucks. And I know it feels like we're losing ground on star Wars and we're losing this, but if we're not vocal, we, we, we lose. And we have to understand there are people in Lucasfilm and Disney that want these things. And we can't, we have to dig in our heels right now. And we have to keep pushing for it. If we're not vocal, if we don't keep pushing back, then we lose and they win. And we have to just keep in mind that there are people in the company that want this. They need this. They want this for us. They love us. They support us. And that's why we have to stand up and say things. That's why we can't back up as much as it hurts. And that's why we are mm-hmm. a community. That's why we are a steam room. That's why we have to stick together. That's why we have to rally. We have to come together and do this because we've seen it work. Um, if there's one thing that the big mouse cares for, it's that this. Mm-hmm. We have to money. show that we have to put our money as votes, but we also have to say that we're not putting our money places as well. And I kept thinking of the example of how like silent Disney in Lucasfilm was until about the Black Lives Matter movement until John Boyega very vocally spoke out. And then suddenly they were like, yes, all these Twitter posts everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it worked and it made them bend their knee because the big mouse never apologizes, but you can make the big mouse bend. All right, I'm going to go back to the steam room. No, thank, you, <laughs> thank you, Hope. That was incredible. That was perfect. Thank you. That was I love amazing. You all. Thank you. Sorry, uh, I haven't showered in like three days. <laughs> you, look you look perfect. You look beautiful. No, <laughs> no. I'm going to a Christmas party tomorrow. I am going to get all glammed up. So, so we'll shower oh. before that. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God, Hope. Thank you. That just like put some 
You're like my bet midler, and now I feel like I have some wind beneath my wings. Thank you for that. It's, really beautiful. That was really motivating. It was so motivating, <laughs> and it brings us back to, well, with a name like Hope, how are you not going to bring it back to Hope, right? Like, right? I mean, it gives, it, but it, what I love about it, it's a very practical hope, and it's a hope with a fierce queer edge to it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's practical. We can apply it, and we can fuck shit up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For lack of a better phrase. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to fuck up? What? A straight Boba Fett. <laughs> Girl, go off. You. Again, however we want to respond. <laughs> oh, man. Emma, you have any thoughts? Anything that you want to say with your mute mic? With your mute mic. <laughs> I was going to say. I have nothing to add, but... Uh, Danny was asking if there are any Disney shows that are family friendly and have queer representation. And I would say the Fosters is one. Mm. Also, I will say this because I was just forced to watch it, but it's actually pretty cute. The loud, uh, the loud house. Is that Disney? I think it's Disney. I don't know. Loud house, loud house. It was great. I was like, whoa. And that's how you do it. And I was very, very happy. There's some like Christmas special or something out right now. I'm, I don't know. I thought it was a cartoon. These were real oh, people. Oh, wait. But... Maybe it's not Disney. I think it might just be Netflix. Silas loves it. Silas okay. loves it. Silas is uh, obsessed. Yeah, I don't know what it's on. Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> they were out there. <laughs> um, out there. <laughs> Danny, go, if you don't already, follow Hope Malinix. Yeah, Hope will know. Uh, on Twitter. and Or you can talk to her right now. Uh, but she will. She knows. She's the animation queen. And she knows everything. She is a walking Wikipedia Truly. of animation. Truly, and she's yes. brilliant. And she's wonderful. And she's beautiful. And we love her. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyone in the steam room, do we have anything to say? Do we have any questions you want um, us to answer or any of those things as we, as we wrap this up here? Uh, thank you, everyone. I know this was probably um, less fun uh, than we normally are, but uh, thank you for being here. Um, I think this is an important conversation. Um, get ready for very, very, very gay Boba Fett. It's going to happen. Um, yep. Sorry, all my... Well, no, I won't say that. Never mind. I'm going to keep that one to myself. <laughs> what are you yeah. going to say, Em? I was just going to say that uh, space is gay and uh, everyone in Star Wars is bi. So mm-hmm. these are the facts. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah, 100%. All right, everyone. Uh, as always, Steam Queens, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you, everyone listening to this later. Thank you. Also, don't forget, let's all put this in our bios. How many people do you think we can put, get this to put in their bios? Hashtag Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. Y'all, I'm here it for happen. it. I'm so here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do it. And, uh, you know, it's early on. I think maybe there's a chance to stop it, right? Listen, at the bare minimum, sorry, I got mad. <laughs> I got mad again. I got mad again. Get um, mad. I mean, Get mad I just, I'm stones. just like, listen, it is so fucking cringe that Lucasfilm has not addressed this. It is so fucking cringe. Like, I mean, it's so much more than that. But like, at the bare minimum, I would love to be seen. I would love to be seen and validated in my experience as a queer Star Wars fan by Lucasfilm in their decision to partner with these people. I'm not asking them to fire David or Guillaume, but listen, <laughs> I would love to be acknowledged. Yeah. I'd love to be validated. Yep. Yeah. I don't need it, but I'd like it that. I'd like that. 
Guillaume. Guillaume. It's, it's, it's the French version of William. You know what's so ironic? Em, I had a French tutor named Guillaume. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just let you sit with that. <laughs> I dropped French and went back to Spanish. But anyway, <laughs> enough about me. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of you, my dear friend, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter with my current hot takes or angry takes um, at underscore that gay Jedi, as well as YouTube, where I gay up everything Star Wars, not unlike Pink Milk um, and other wonderful queer Star Wars content creators. Um, and you can find me on YouTube at that gay Jedi as well. Fantastic. Look at Michael over here. Boom. I love it. Adding it to my bio now. You have my full support. Yeah. Thank you. Boom. Thank you. Um. You can find me on Twitter at Hutzlea, H-U-T-T-S-L-E-I-A. And on in my bio, I have a link to my AO3 profile where you can read about how everyone in Star Wars is by. So ship who you want. All mm-hmm. ships are valid. Love it. Uh, you can follow the show on both Twitter and Instagram, maybe one day, someday soon, possibly maybe on TikTok <laughs> as well at Serving Pink Milk. Thank you for listening. We had a, uh, our steam room was a lot fuller than it has been since we've had a show. So thank you for all that support. If this is your first time here, welcome. Thank, make sure to uh, subscribe to all this and, and like and all of those things. Uh, help us get this conversation out more across YouTube. I think it's important. I think we had some, some interesting conversations here. So again, thank Thank you for all your support. Everyone in the steam room, steam queens, all of our thank you so drinkers. much. Honestly, thank you. And to our large straight audience, I really Icons. hope you listen to this. Like, oh. I hope you listen to this and I hope you can support us in a way yeah. that you, I, you already do. You're here again. Y'all know I love you. I'm well, I was also like going to say thank you to like, you. thank you to like the straight, the straight yep. friends of ours who do listen and do show up and are as vocal as they are because I don't want to make it all doom and gloom and the allyship that I said like earlier I've seen some allyship that is a bit disappointing but I've seen a lot of amazing allyship and I wish I could call it sing y'all out but I think you know who you are and thank you so so much it means a lot it really really it really really does so as always thank you for your support good night everyone remember hashtag blackout star wars eclipse that's what we're gonna do and we're gonna make it happen all right, thank you very, very much. And with that, have a wonderful evening and drink up.